0: live
1: Superpowers.
0: Up the sky. It's a bird. It's plane. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. It's alive! Real live Superpowers. Hey guys, uh, how are you? So first of all we're finishing uh 2018 and thanks for everybody for listening and giving us great feedback. Um so we're we're sort of coming to a conclusion so happy new year to everybody and we're thinking about the great people that we met and we talked to uh and 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 the great inspirations and conclusions um and we wanted to share them with you. So me and Noah have been talking about a few highlights and conclusions uh, that were really interesting. And we actually saw this uh, happening a few times. So there was a few great entrepreneurs that talked about things that uh, we took to our personal businesses and our personal lives. And um, we thought it was interesting enough to start sharing it with you guys. So hey, Noah. Hey, what's up? Awesome. So how was your year?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, What was the best
0: thing you did this year?
1: Ah, best thing I did this year? Uh, I don't know what the best one is, but I would say that this podcast is definitely a highlight. Right. Now you have to say that it's yours as well.
0: Well, it is. It is. It is. My, the best thing that I did this year is it was the first year that I didn't have to fire anybody.
1: Oh, I wish I could say that.
0: So that For me, that was amazing. Oh, I, hate,
1: I hate doing that so much. Uh, I read in a book um, by Ray. I got to remember the name, but I'm reading a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. Uh, he 's the founder of Bridgewaters, uh, a big investment right. house. Um, I think it's him, so everybody forgive me if it 's a different book that I read. But I have read that the first thirty six hours uh, once you decide to fire someone uh, are just agonizing, but after thirty six hours it 's best for everyone uh, and I think that 's an important lesson
0: yeah, because yeah.
1: at the end of the day if you 're going to fire someone they they need to be gone they don't have, you're not they 're not supposed to work for you it 's just not a good fit. Uh, and I think a fit of employees and people within an organization is a theme that we've identified within the people that we've spoken with. The importance of having the right people around you, the ones that share the same core values, uh, and the importance of letting go the ones who don't.
0: Right. So that was, that was it was Ron Fishkin, I think, talked about oh, that. Oh, yes, for sure. So, yeah. In his
1: book, he talks about it a lot as well.
0: So the, the, one of the great things that he said that I really took, and that's why one, uh, that was one of the best things that happened this year, was that um, the people that he got around him. So the, the, Okay, so, so this was the notion. The notion was that people don't have the right chemistry. You don't really have to fire them because they're sort of it's spitted out of your own organization. Yeah. And and what was interesting is that if you know how to have the HR, the, like the right HR and you do most of the job well, then the 80%... It's always Pareto, right? The 80% of people that are the right chemistry always spit out the 20% that isn't right, right? So, so
1: I think it was a little more than that because I think the issue that was brought up a few times is that a person could be very good professionally, uh, but not very good within a cultural fit. Uh, and that, And that's the times when it's difficult to let them go because you're thinking this is a rock star. They're so good. But you know what? They're not because if it, no matter how talented a person is, if they don't share the same core, core values, uh, they're just not a good fit for your team because they're just not going to be able to work within a team and deliver what you need uh, and share your vision and just run with you towards your goals.
0: But, but Okay, so this is the question for you. So let, let me give you an example. Let's say you have a team of 10. Yeah. Okay. There is one though that is a super rock star. He's unbelievable and he's super talented but he's not in the right culture, okay? Now, this is a difficult, like, in my opinion, it's a really difficult decision because they're doing a good job. There's ego, there's fighting, there's, you know, all the negative uh, reactions to that. So what they advised is to spit out the rock star.
1: For sure. And and by now, I'm convinced it's true. And by the way, it's never a rock star when those terms don't apply. So a person can be super good and you can appreciate them for a lot of good qualities, smart. Uh, I don't know. They deliver some stuff. A great salesperson. They can so, be a great salesperson. You know what? They're not going to sell as well if they're not a cultural fit. They're not. You're not going to end up firing the rock star. You're going to end up firing the person who you really appreciate because you know they're smart uh, and they have a lot of good qualities. But it's not working. There's no need to fire the rock star. The rock star is. It. It just. It. Just think about it. So did they, did go- it ever happen?
0: Well, well, uh, well I, I give you, I'll give you this example, let's say. Your fear, you have a fear. I have a fear, okay? I don't know if you have. You're fearless. But I, I have a fear For sure. that if there's a rock star, okay? And, you know, not everybody's a tycoon. If I fire him today, the revenues are going to go down. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to have less people. Yeah, but you're
1: losing money keeping them on board. Nobody's happy in this arrangement. Nobody. You know what? Your rock star isn't happy either. He's not in the right environment. He shouldn't be there.
0: Right, so short term versus long term. So in short term, you lose their revenue. In the long term, yeah. So that was a notion that everybody talked about, yeah. and the fear of it was was they talked about that the fear held them back on that. And at the end, you suddenly see it's you like that. That rock star was just a fiction of your imagination, right? So, so you don't have to be scared about that. That's uh,
1: I think that one of the things that impressed me with a few of the people that we've interviewed. Maybe uh, Roy from Jolt uh, is the top right. one that impressed me in that respect is the way they have a sort of method for hiring and understanding what, who is a good fit. Uh, and I think it's easiest to apply those rules within an organization and it's the hardest to actually understand what they are within your organization. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think once a person leading uh, a startup or whatever team understands what the rules of thumb are, then when push comes to shove and reality hits, then it's easier to make those decisions.
0: Yeah, you called it, you remember the airport example? Ah. Who do you want to get stuck in in an airport, right? So the idea is uh, out of all of his methods at the end of the day, he imagines himself stuck with that employee in an airport. Would it suck to be 24 hours stuck with them or would it be awesome?
1: But is that really a good test? I think it's it's a cute one, but not necessarily the person who's the most fun is the one that you want to go to war with, quote unquote. By the way, I just remembered the book uh, wasn't by Ray Dalio; it's Traction by Gina Wacklin, which I really recommend. You're so really.
0: lucky that happened while the podcast. Oh, was on. I
1: know! <laughs> I would have woken up at night and beat myself up. <laughs> yeah, but really, so, it's a book that people should read in that context.
0: I think it's a cute test. I think, but it's I think it's a really practical test. I'll tell you why. Because at the end of the day, okay, we're in this amazing time. Okay, so I was I was asked long, uh, not long ago, would you, tra- like, you have a travel machine, a time machine. Where would you go? What year? What year, No.
1: I have to think about it. I don't know.
0: So I'll tell you what my answer is.
1: Okay.
0: Now. And if I can, now, tomorrow. This is the fucking most amazing era ever in the history of human beings. Because we're so efficient. And we have so many... Great things in automation and and you know the, the iPhones, the ways, and the, the GPA We're so efficient, everything that we're only you know we're you know if you talk about Maslow as you know mm-hmm. a model, mm-hmm. we're only in the great part. Like I'm not talking about everybody, but most people, even have you know are they, you know a normal person has this amazing internet and efficiency and whatever. You know you're you're in an amazing place. Like the 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 poor, the poor people have smartphones. I'm not saying that's enough. I'm just saying it's an amazing era. So, so like, in, in in that case, when you want to go to work, most people also want to have fun. That's not an unfair expectation. Oh, my God.
1: It has to also be fun. So I want
0: to get stuck with someone and have fun with... I'm
1: just asking if that's, like, the core test. Of course, you also have to like the person.
0: Yeah, so he needs those basic characteristics to be optimistic, to, to know how to do something, right? He doesn't have to be just fun. But funny, it should be a really good uh, uh, characteristic and important because everybody is so spoiled that that they do want to have fun. Make, having fun, by the way, doesn't mean playing pink beer pong with someone. It can also be talking about great ideas or or just, you know, someone who teaches you something and you're having fun because he's giving you... It could be in, in, in a few ways. It doesn't have to be the, the fun perspective as a shallow one. But I think it's important. And I think I think it's I think it's a fair thing to say. Like I'd be hypocritical if I said, "Okay, I'm want to hire someone. He's good. He's amazing, but he bores the shit out of me." You know? It, uh, yes, I'm spoiled. I want to have fun when I go every day to work.
1: I don't think that's spoiled. I think if you're not enjoying what you're doing, there is a limit to how much you're going to succeed. I so, really believe that, and I also I like your answer perfect. from a spiritual perspective. Actually, not because it matters what era we're in. I just truly believe that. Now is all we've got. Uh, and what would it serve to just jump forward or even go back?
0: So, so let, me, let me go with that notion for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So let's go back in time. So there's a few things in the aspect of human nature. And I'll explain my answer about today. Why it's amazing. So there's a few amazing things that happened in history. First thing, cavemen. So when, we, when cavemen were alive, how did their day look like? Okay. So he would go and hunt. Sometimes he would come back with a cheetah or a moose or whatever a caveman came back with. Sometimes he was hungry. So he was on survival. So every day, every day, he was scared to survive. Okay? Yeah. That was his day. You couldn't do anything else. You had to go out, get the cheetah, come back. Survive. The next thing was that, that agriculture. So you started with strawberries or whatever farms they had. Suddenly you can get vegetables for the whole village. And then people had time to make shoes and, you know, shirts and make their lives a little bit better, okay? Yeah. If I fast forward, there's all kinds of things like that happen, fire, wheels, whatever. And then at the end of whatever. the day, so, so we'll take about women about 30, 40, 50 years ago, which yeah, is not long ago. Yeah, there were
1: not so great to be. They alive, were laundering,
0: the right? And the great thing that happened, there was laundering machines, which took about eight to nine hours hmm? to do laundry a day. That's why, you know, not voting for women is ridiculous. But when you're stuck eight or nine Years because men suck to do laundry all day. Okay. At the end of the day, you have no time to do anything else. Okay. Now I'm going
1: to. Uh, the reason that women were doing laundry for eight hours a day isn't because men suck. I'm sure men can do the laundry just fine. It's because you, they were chauvinist pigs.
0: Yeah. So they suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, they suck. I agree. This man, the, the, but so innovation came in again and made more time. And now they had more time to do things. Now think about this that today, because of all the things that happen, you know, Starting from survival, today it's becoming to a point where every three hundred dollars, I get a smartphone. I have internet access. I have knowledge. I have ways. I'm efficient. I can buy things. I can go around. Even if I'm, I don't have money. I have Fiverr. I have you know, group coupons. I have low discounts, and all that is evolving so quickly that even if I'm the most mediocre person, okay, I'm still amazingly utilized, and now I have time to do all kinds of creative stuff or time to do things while I'm at work.
1: But do you think the average person, person is uh, leveraging what you're saying?
0: Yes. I think the average <laughs> person, as opposed to 10 years ago, okay, is really talking about like the like he's still a little bit spoiled. Okay? So like Im- imagine this. Today, because of the discounts or, or the internet or all that, he still can learn whatever he wants in life. You can still go to the internet. I'm asking,
1: you do you think the average person is leveraging it? So
0: you're asking if if their fully potential is, is is made. It's their choice. But I'm saying they still have ways. They still get, know how long it takes from A to B to, to go. They can be efficient. Okay, so they have more time. I'm saying for sure the mediocre person has more time today than they had 10 years ago. But,
1: Renan, do you really think that people nowadays are less uh, surviving, in, a, in at least within their mindset, than the cavemen were, because I, I think a lot of people are still living and letting the crocodile brain take control of a lot of their being and are still very, very troubled. Uh, and, and I think that this era also brings with it a lot of stress. Uh, if it's a founder who's got the, who've got the investor uh, on their back or there's so yeah. many other examples.
0: Yeah, but okay. Now let's snap out of it for a second and just say, let's come up to that person and slap it in the face.
1: Well, I'll yeah. explain. No, get, Listen okay. to the difference.
0: This person, the caveman was hungry. Okay, he had nothing to eat. He was going to die. So people have. No I profession. have the the investor on my back, like you know, that, that, that's so that's so high on the the spoil list. You know, I,
1: I think what you're saying is beautiful, and I think you're tapping into something that you you always every time after we do a podcast we sort of speak afterwards and sort of uh, pass. Uh, back and forth what uh what we thought and you always bring up you always tell me notice how yet another successful person uh, has another trading co- has this trade in common he's so optimistic right so the successful people the one the peak performance that we're trying to reverse engineer their path they're always optimistic
0: yeah and and by the way i'm going to dissect that i'll tell you what i think about that optimistic just means this an optimist when he looks at something. So forget about the, all the cliches of half full, half empty. What does an optimist mean? That means that in every disaster, he sees the opportunity. Now I'll tell you why that's so important. And that's why the optimism is, is a real thing because business is one big disaster. Hmm. Okay.
1: From yeah, the moment,
0: enough. from the moment you open up a company. Okay. You're only working on disasters because if everything goes by plan. Okay. That's impossible because you can't control everything from finance, marketing, HR, uh, product, and and whatever else. It
1: never goes by plan.
0: So you're always going to have a daily, monthly fuck up. Now, the idea is there's two types of people. That fuck up will take from the day or you'll see the opportunity off of that. So I'll give you an example just to, just to throw it out. This, this is some of our conversation they have. So let's say... Um. Uh, you have a cash flow problem, mm-hmm. okay? And your partners do not want to put in the cash flow. Mm-hmm. So there's two options here. Common. Most people say disaster. Another optimistic will say, okay, so maybe I'll dilute them and have better partners. Okay? It's a shallow example just to understand but the daily options. Okay? I'm having trouble. This is the rock star, okay? That I'm scared to fire. We talked about this a second ago. Mm-hmm. But... The optimist would see the opportunity that you told me, because maybe when you take out that pe- people, the nine other people that weren't delivering, deliver more. Okay. And and most situations, so if you think about it in, in a macro perspective, when there's a war or a crisis economically, the best thing to do is to buy the real estate, to buy the stock.
1: To be okay? a general
0: of war. <laughs> yeah. So those people are the optimistic people. And they buy, they see the opportunity.
1: But it isn't to say that there's no, they don't have bad days uh, and they don't have things that they go through, but they make it work.
0: They, they, so making it work just means I'm looking at that and it's, it's shit. Okay, It's anyways a pain in the ass. But they take another moment and they try to look at it at a different angle. And what does an right. optimistic person do? Says, okay, this happened. You know, those people who say, okay, someone died, you know, but it happened for a reason. Okay. So if you look at it in that perspective, like he didn't have to die. It was a bad thing that happened. But if you take the good notes of what he empowered you through life or whatever, then you look at something in a different perspective. So let's imagine, I will put it in a bucket of an employee, employee that you have when you say, listen, he died for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) No, Q1 is really low on revenues because you know, Q1 is always low in revenues. news. Maybe let's take the time to do something different, okay? This big client went off, but he was also time-consuming. So maybe we can get six the different clients that are better and get our clientele better. So again, it sounds cliché-ish, but an employee that's in that state of mind will find a good place, and that means that his motivation wouldn't stop because there are bumps. It means it would be a challenge for him to turn those things around.
1: I say maybe also look at those... Uh, patches or whatever we want to call them as a learning opportunity. Right. Because you can really learn from everything and I think so long as you're facing a problem and you look at it as a learning opportunity it's almost a game like mm-hmm. bring it on let me see how I
0: turns it into a challenge. See, see that's it. Let's say you're working with, uh, with someone very closely. You're two marketing people working together right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So suddenly that other marketer gets a better job and leaves you. And you're like, oh my God, I'm stuck. Okay, that's one thing. Second thing is, holy shit, the spotlight's on me. Now I can really deliver and I get all the credit and I continue, right? Is it, maybe that's optimistic from a bad notion, but still there's an opportunity in everything bad that happens. Yeah, and
1: maybe we don't know the answer to what the opportunity is. I mean, we're just trying to brainstorm here. But I think the mindset is healthy of understanding that If you tell yourself everything is going to go smoothly, you're in for a lot of disappointment, especially a person going into their own business, startup world or not, uh, ventures versus a lifestyle business, whatever. I don't care. That's a different conversation. Right. But if a person thinks that now that they're on boss, everything is going to go smooth, they have a different reality to face. Definitely. And then I think The core reason probably that most businesses fail is that um, gap between reality and expectations Mm -hmm. and not being able to persevere Mm -hmm. through that dark part that's going to happen. And it's not going to be just one.
0: Right. So you want to, you actually want to surround yourself with those kinds of people who think that way, because imagine this, you can't be transparent. This was another issue. We talked about transparency. You can't be transparent with people who are not optimistic. Because they'll see what salary is he making, right? And then they'll think of the bad things about it. Or, But I'll see what salary they're making. I'll say, oh my God, I can make more.
1: But that's a cute, I mean, that's, a, that's a, even a lighter example because I'm thinking about transparency that's even more challenging than, uh, than one that causes jealousy. I'm thinking about transparency when it's tough. Right. So, so what if a business is going through a hard time? Let's take your cash flow problem again. Right, right, right. And let's both admit what business doesn't have cash flow issues.
0: S- people it, who aren't are, successful. <laughs>
1: are, are there successful businesses without cash flow issues? It,
0: it, it, not growing companies. There's no growing company Thank without you. a cash flow. Thank
1: money. you. If you're going to be transparent about that and you don't have the right people around you, this is a time where people are going to ditch. Right. Or be scared or be insecure. Yeah. yeah. And then Brand Fishkin, again, he's like the star of this conversation today. He, he uh, preaches... Uh, that people actually step up when you're transparent with them. If but they're optimistic, it has to be the right
0: people. Exactly. So I, I think that's like a, it's like a super interesting notion to go around. It's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to get optimistic people. There are ways ways to find out that, but but I think for for a, a growing like startup company, there has to be those kinds of people. Okay? Again, statistics are against you, so you have to have those people that look at the challenge. And the, the advantages and not the disadvantages. It also helps everybody be more communicative, less ego. Like it helps in so many ways. And I think that's like one of the best things that I've heard. Um,
1: I think maybe another quality that we didn't really discuss a lot. I, did we discuss uh, trust with many of the people that we've interviewed? I don't remember touching upon that subject. No, but I um, think I don't think
0: anybody talked about trust that much. Right?
1: I, I'm thinking about that now, but also just reflecting on what's important uh, for a success sort of formula. Uh, I think it's trusting the people around you is very, very important. Yes, although... Hmm? Come on.
0: You're uh, going to argue that it's not important to trust? No, I'll tell you why. It's really important to trust people. I agree. But the problem with trust is... That uh, you're talking about a certain specific time. Explain what I mean. I trust a lot of people now, okay? But things happen, okay? And it doesn't have to be you. I'll give you an example. Something happened at home, relationships, uh, mortgages. I don't know, parents. Okay, yeah. Something that that changes something the situation. Will and then it has nothing to do with trust. It has to do with the situation that changed. You
1: can, you can still trust a person who comes and is honest about that. That's okay.
0: Who's honest about
1: it. But it's trust. I mean, so the person will come up to you and say, listen, I'm facing A, B, C.
0: I'll tell you what the problem is. I, I know. Okay. The problem is that if I show great respect and trust to someone else, that doesn't mean that I know his state of mind all the time. Of and course. that's the problem. Are you, so you're not
1: going to read their mind.
0: But optimism—if I challenge that person enough, I can know if he's optimistic. If someone doesn't know, want me to know that I can trust him or not, it'll be a lot harder to check out.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think we can say that about about almost anything. If you're going to be—if somebody uh, set their mind to manipulate you uh, into working together, uh, time will tell. But it, again, those rules of thumb and the, what's important to you.
0: Yeah. So truthfulness. I don't know if it's trust, at least honesty. Is honesty trust? I don't know. That's the, again, we're going into philosophy a little bit. But is it?
1: I I, th- I see what you mean. Like I think, yeah, I think maybe I'm leaning towards honesty, and I think that I would trust the people who seem honesty, honest, even even when uh, even when they're uh, they're vulnerable. Right. And I think vulnerability is another uh, is another trait that we've identified that people that we've spoken with so far have shown. Right. Like they're not afraid to be themselves, uh, to speak about their failures. Uh, I will say that there's sort of a failure porn going around the startup my world. My favorite
0: was Brian Halligan in that.
1: Oh my God! How First open? Sentence. How open?
0: First sentence. We love your packaging. Yeah, our packaging it sucks. sucks. <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know what? There's also it's it's become pretty uh, pretty popular. Like it's a buzzword now to be vulnerable, uh, and and also what was it? There was another one. Oh, and also to be an introvert. Like you see, the biggest, most charismatic people talk about how introvert they are. Right, but, dude, you're not an, an introvert. The fact that you want a day off to reflect, that's just sanity.
0: Yeah. Let me reflect actually on, on that part again. So one of my thoughts is, did you notice that there's no such thing as a rock star anymore? Like literally in rock? Like, you know, Kiss, you know, the band yeah. Kiss. So they had those painted faces, right? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't work today. You know Why? Because everything's become... Temporary. Instagram, fi- Facebook, LinkedIn, you can catch everybody in the natural way. So why is vulnerability really strong right now, in my opinion? It's because you can't hide behind... Um, a mask. Whenever you're sharp, you go out of your house or you go to a meeting. You're so out there that people s- smell it already. You can't hide it in every place. So that,
1: that- I think that's great.
0: It is great. Wait, I'll give you the other side. Trump. So like, I don't know if you're pro or uh, Trump. What oh my Dave, God,
1: that's insulting. R- why? You don't know if I might, I might be pro-Trump?
0: I'm I sort of pro-Trump and oh explain why. No. Explain why. Okay. why. It's not on a political level. It's in a characteristic level. Why? Because what he, I don't know if he knew this or not. I'm guessing he did. But th- because he was so direct, okay, on, on his approach, that was vulnerability because he didn't censor what he thought or censor oh what he God, did. Oh my
1: God, the dude just says whatever has to be said. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> but because there's no rock stars anymore, everybody who was with a tie and, you know, was, was thought of every word got less points off of the people who were looking at him because they don't believe him. Okay? People are not suckers anymore because they know that everybody goes to the bathroom Everybody's a human being. Everybody goes to sleep. They see, you know, all these celebrities at home with their kids and no one can, you know, no one's a superhero anymore. Okay. Everybody knows life. So what, what What? does that mean? People appreciate the honesty because they they can't stand the bullshit anymore because they know it's not real. So what they appreciate about, and I think he got a lot of points out of that. Again, he didn't censor anything. I agree. But on a level that everybody was looking at that persona and saying, he's real. I know what I get, okay? And, and also the entrepreneurs that we talked to, they said, okay, we're trying to be real, right? So there was entrepreneurs that said, listen, I sold a company, but I'm dr- driving, I don't remember, it was a Honda yeah, or a Kaya, Kaya I think. right?
1: Yeah, so, but I, I mean, I don't think, I don't, agree, I don't agree with the comparison. I think that when I look at Trump, I, I believe nothing that comes out of I'm not mouth, saying I'm believing. I'm saying I, about
0: what people, the effect that people got that they said, okay, at least I understand. I know what I'm getting. Okay I really feel oh, okay like, I know I what I'm know getting what a liar,
1: getting. fine, but I think the ones <laughs> that we've interviewed are actually pretty pretty uh frank about what they say yes and but and imagine I like that
0: twenty years ago, a person sold a company saying I'm driving a Kaya. you wouldn't respect that because there was rock stars okay you would think about the the amazing rock stars you know they had to they had these personas today you'd respect that because they say no bullshit I know you're not a rock star I know you have. You know, Kiss has three kids at home, and he's not sleeping at night, hitting yeah. with the bottle. <laughs> he's not a painted mask superhero, right? And it's really interesting because I think people appreciate it more. And then also it comes to a level where I think people have to speak frankly. People have to speak down to earth because which is so good, yeah, so good. Because I can check. You can't tell me stories now, Noah. You did this and that. I have Google, I have Facebook, I have LinkedIn. I know where you are. I know where you come from. You can't kind of change Stop the narrative. Stop talking to me. <laughs> Uh, that's it. No question for you. What was your favorite business or person that you had this year?
1: Huh, let me think about it. Well, you you say yours first.
0: Okay. So, um, I think the biggest surprise, and that's why I enjoyed him the most, uh, was uh, Brian Halligan, because the amount we prepared for that conversation. And then just took that paper and threw it away Hmm. because we noticed that that person was just like, we thought we were going to lead him to some interesting stuff. And he was just so honest and so brutally, you know, uh, from the fear of uh, flying around to about his packaging and everything that we got someone that um, is an inspiration, not because of what he did in business, which is unbelievable, but also as a human being that, uh, you know, even talked about his relationship for better or worse with his partner. And right. and I really got to learn uh, about the minuses, not in a bad way, right? Um, and I thought that he's so out there that um, that's kind of cool to see someone uh, that was the most successful person that we interviewed, but one of the most down to earth and just gritty details, you know, talking about it. You know, things that people really scared to be talking about, uh, honestly. So it was really cool for me to, you know, have that person, that hero guy being normal.
1: Sure, for sure. I can really relate to that. Um, And I've seen him speak on stage a few times. The the guy's just mesmerizing and being so open and just having such a vulnerable conversation with us was was really just, I enjoyed it. Um, Like, it's so difficult to choose. I, I can't say it's my favorite but i I guess my uh one of my highlights, and it's pretty clear also from this conversation we're having, so no surprises here, but um Rand Fishkin was definitely one of my favorites, because pretty much of the same reasons, because this is a guy who made it big time, like really big, uh and he's so vulnerable uh and he's so open and about cutting bullshit and telling people it's like he set set a mission for himself to get people to understand the startup world for real. Right. And there's so many things that he made me think about also reading his book. Um, yeah, I would have to say he's definitely one of my favorites. Probably Jan of too from uh, Zest. Yeah, he was cool too. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. <clears throat> okay, let's talk about 2019. Let's. What will be the, in your opinion, and your guess, okay? Yeah. Uh, as a futurist, what well, would be, right. uh, give me a few examples of maybe one or two of the interesting things to look at in 2019.
1: Oh, awesome. So audio, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think we're both podcast fans. Uh, I listen, I try to listen to an Audible book a month um, and I, in general, I'm under the impression that reading habits are becoming listening habits. Mm. And I'm fascinated by what's happening in that landscape. I think it's going to be very interesting to follow a few businesses that are tapping into that industry mm. and seeing where that evolves. Um,
0: Let me help you out with that, because I think that's even more interesting than what you said, because I think also there's something interesting happening. So I think search is going to change. Oh, I agree. And what's happening in search today is people are writing down a question, a query, and getting answers from Google. <clears> 1,000 <throat> answers from Google. The change will be, if you're handless, you're going to ask a speaker or a car or anything a uh, question. And you won't have that advantage of giving him a 1,000 answers and him browsing. You have to be a lot more selective and, and accurate. And I think that's a big change uh, where I don't know if Google has an advantage today. Do you
1: know what happens now what? when you ask Alexa? At least I heard that at a conference. I don't know if that's true. But what you get... Uh, is that zero result? Like uh, when you search on Google and you see that uh, little uh, square with right. an answer, that's what Alexa reads to you. Yeah. So
0: the interesting thing is, will Amazon disrupt Google, Google. as yeah. a search engine? I think that's really interesting. What else?
1: Um, everything to do with, uh, I mean, I'm answering the cliche now, but it has to be said. But AI, BI, all of that. So machines uh, taking over jobs. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way, because I think uh, machines are only as good as we are. So I think the the entire um, landscape of... Yes,
0: it is. No, computers <laughs> are a lot better at daily daily missions. Like
1: if, Yeah, but they're automated tasks.
0: I'll tell you what I agree with you. There's probably going to be three jobs in the world after automation and artificial intelligence. <laughs> after machines take That will be paid well. One will be programmers, two will be salespeople, and three will be creative thinkers. Because those are the only things that uh, you can't do macros and automation. Uh, You know, you can't write the automation and be the automation. That would be hard. Hmm. And uh, that would be really amazing. Artificial intelligence. Salespeople, because at the end of the day, you have to look someone in the eyes. At the end of the day, no matter what, any sales process, you have to have that person you have to trust. You have to know who you're
1: doing business with.
0: And and the third thing, creative thinkers, because that's the only thing that AI won't do. So those are to be highly paid. I don't know if it's not 2019. No, but...
1: oh, I doubt it's 2019. But, um... What else though? What? What do you mean?
0: What other businesses are we looking at? Industries?
1: Hmm. Uh, probably, I mean, are you asking investment-wise? Because I would say weed is probably definitely an industry <laughs> to pay attention to. I agree. Um...
0: Anything that's not legal becomes legal, probably. Oh would be my better. God.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm hesitant about crypto, but I would definitely keep my eyes on it. Anything to do with cryptocurrency, but although I haven't, I'm not sure what I think about it yet. Like, I think it's super interesting, super risky. Uh, I think the philosophy is uh, inspiring. I'm not sure it uh, hasn't reached its peak yet. Although, you yeah, know, there's people. I, the, and-
0: the technology and the currency are two different things, though. I think also eSports. E- Gaming is mm, going to yeah. be humongous. It's going to take yeah, over the thing. Yeah, this year. Yeah, because I think it's not only gaming; it's going to be sports as well. That's what people are not seeing right now. But
1: that it's already happening, isn't it? It is.
0: It is. The mainstream doesn't understand yet. I think in you know in hindsight they won't understand what's happening. But you know, just imagine this notion that today, if you want to play basketball, you have to take the ball, go out in an open court. Find people who want to play basketball and, the and then play basketball. Yeah, and there has to be light of day. Okay, now okay or a you, light
1: in the imagine
0: now court. billion people have an internet with an NBA game on. Anybody can play at any given time with anybody because it's always open the internet.
1: But it's not a it's not basketball. It is. I'm know. old fashioned here. E-sports. I think if you're not sweating, you're not doing sports.
0: Okay, you are old fashioned. Okay, and and, and, and I'll explain. I don't know if you sweat in golf. Okay, that's that's you know. Okay, golf isn't a sport either. But anything is not a sport either. I'll just explain. A sport is that there's skill games that someone has to be better than one another and it's competitive. That's what it is. It could be
1: chess. I'm pretty sure there's a few examples of sports where that's not the goal. Of what competitiveness in sport? No, it's not non-competitive ones. Non-competitive sports? Yes. What is that? Uh, Maybe it's not defined exactly as sports, but like martial arts, not all of them it's are competitive. It's not competitive. You win a gold medal. No, there's some martial arts, like the one I practice is actually not competitive, but I think okay, it's so actually most. not, but I think it's actually not all called a sport. I don't know every niche, Maybe no, maybe I'm wrong. A sport
0: has to be competitive. There has to, it has to be a skill game that everybody has the same advantage. Fine. Okay. You put them on a court, there's a basketball, there's the hoop, there's the height of the hoop. Go for it. Fine. Okay. Sweating. Okay. Uh, sweating, not sweating. It's your, if you're working out or not. Esports, competitive—you can bet on it. Everybody has the same advantage. You're playing together. I think it's going to be humongous. And what's happening is, you don't need a ball, you don't need dynamite, and you don't need to meet people. Meaning, anybody can play anytime. Everybody, ever, all the time. So there's going to be more spectators on an NBA game electronically than in a real NBA game because naturally everybody do, does it. So why don't I watch it as well?
1: Aren't there uh, like already rock stars in yeah, no, no, it's and, like, crazy. College grants. Don't and understand stuff me for, like, wrong. Millionaires.
0: It's. it's a billion dollar You're industry. just saying it's going to it's, be more. I just think it's going to grow exponentially, continue growing as the pe- people that say that they don't sweat in sports will stop saying that and it'll just continue. So I think it's going to be really interesting uh, to see where that goes. Um, uh, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, who I'd love to have on the podcast was like the representative, global representative of exponential technology. Peter Diamandis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We'll definitely. We have,
1: you have to get him-, him in mail already. I don't know. Did he really...
0: answer. Why don't you answer, Peter?
1: No, no, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. I think we have a way to get to him. I don't think we've we've pulled that card yet. But I think it would be so interesting.
0: Yeah. And 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 uh car automation um is still interesting in my opinion because, you know, we don't see the cars yet driving, but no. there's there's no logical re- like I just thought of this a few days ago. If you t- like you would car automation is perfect now. The only reason it doesn't work
1: regulation? is
0: be- no, it's because human beings drive. If you take <laughs> off all the human beings and everything's automated, it works perfectly. So, oh, I think you know I, what I mean? Yeah. If yeah. a country says right now, only automated cars, it's perfect because, you know, the computers talk to one another. And so one
1: hacker from uh, Korea taps into that Yeah, if,
0: but it would probably still be one hacker would be better than...
1: Yeah, a, like a, like a human being texting. Human yeah, texting and driving. <laughs> yeah,
0: so... So I think that's really interesting. There's just you know, there's one step away for everybody not driving anymore, which is great because driving is crazily dangerous. <laughs> and uh, yeah. people, you know, one hundred percent—that's <laughs> like everybody can do it, and it's super dangerous. Like, there's not a lot of things I can think of.
1: Yeah,
0: and that's uh, 2019. Okay, great. Perfect. So, so what, what, what do we like? Are we going to talk about the people, the interesting people that we have next year, or are we just going to leave everybody in
1: suspense? Of course, we're leaving it in suspense.
0: Right. I think you're right. So, guys, have a great new year. Um, Thanks again for the amazing feedback and for you guys listening to us again and again. Um, And we hope to continue and, uh, you know, just being, being there and giving that information out and sharing. Um, so hope we we're wish...
1: inspiring people, at least like the feedback that we're getting is that we are. So I hope even if we're reaching one person and getting them to sort of change course and do something with their lives that they wouldn't have otherwise because they were scared. I am so happy if that's indeed the case.
0: You mean to that. And as usual, we'll answer any questions that you have also on Facebook and also in mail. And we wish you all the best year ever.
1: Happy New Year.
0: Real. life
1: Superpowers.
0: technology
1: real life